Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, bonus episode number five. Heads up, guys. This is not a great episode to start our podcast on. So unless you're a longtime listener, I don't recommend listening to this. What this is, is our never-before-heard, unaired pilot. No one outside of the five of us has ever heard this before. But if you are a longtime listener, you will have a blast listening to how far the show has come. We recorded this episode as a complete test to even see if a Beyond Belief Factor Fiction podcast was even viable. And you know what? We decided that it was. So I hope you guys enjoy this as much as we did. We just listened to this for the first time in over a year. And if you stick around to the very end, we will do an actual commentary on our own pilot because that's how much we like analyzing things. So without further ado, here is the unaired Beyond Beyond Belief pilot episode. Enjoy. You are about to enter a world that blurs the line between fact and fiction where truth is clouded by imagination. Five stories, some are real, some fake. Join us as we play along with the television cult classic and go beyond, beyond belief. Hello and welcome to Beyond, Beyond Belief, episode 18. I'm Jesse Chapman. Joining me are my co-hosts, Chris Newth. (laughs) Hey! Did not plan on being talked to on this podcast. Uh, also with us is Kyle Maddock. That is a fact. Tiffany Prosivka. Hello. Did I pronounce that right? You did. I've never actually, I don't know if I've ever it's said been, that out loud. Yeah, there have been a, multiple seasons now. So. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. And Mark Wahlberg. Hey there. Each week we watch an episode of the late 90s television show Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction and play along, guessing which stories are true and which are false, as well as discuss our thoughts on the show in general. How is everyone? Excited. Yeah. Good. Excited. Here we go. Here yeah. we go. A little hot. Our pilot program. We're not ever using this, right? That's the plan? Man, I hope not. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be released as like a special edition. Or, I know. know. It's going to be one of those things like... we're going to bury so much online that all the true fans are going to look for it. Yeah, you'll have to you'll go down rabbit. some rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. like a Labor Day special or like when we skip up. <laughs> I episode, think the hole the where episode. all the E.T. games were buried, I think it's still available now. <laughs> I don't know if they've dug them up. Speaking of E.T., I thought we could talk about this week. Ooh, let's talk about your favorite movie from your childhood. Difficult mm. question. Are we all sure. going to choose E.T.? <laughs> <laughs> it's too easy. Too easy. I've never actually seen E.T. in English. What? I saw it in my French class. And so it's like, E.T. telephone ma maison. That definitely sounded French. Yeah, th- it yeah, started wasn't that good? a little Spanish and then it turned into French. <laughs> but Reese's are the same in both. Reese's. Um, possibly. Yeah, I was probably You don't asleep. change brand names. I was sleeping in the back of the class. I don't remember it. But you never thought to rewatch it? No, it never, it never it kind of piqued my interest. I don't think you realize until now that it's actually an American film. Wacky French film. Steven Spielberg. He's a French guy, right? <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> Stefan <laughs> Spielberg. You thought it was part of like the French New Wave. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a little weird, I guess. So what I'm basically saying is that E.T. <laughs> is not my favorite childhood movie. Great. What, what do you guys uh, not like from your childhood? What <laughs> movies are not your favorite? I've never never experienced Goonies as a child. I just watched really? that for the first time years a few years ago and really didn't like it. I think it's one of those things you have to watch. When you're I younger. disagree. Well, I, but uh, you have to watch it for the first time when you're younger. Mm. Okay. <laughs> we can, no, we I can agree. I'm, I'm exactly with you. I never watched it as uh, a kid, Jesse. I just caught it myself a few years ago for the first time, and I could see how it would be magical. Well, I remember when I was younger watching the first Jurassic Park for the first time, and it was because my sister was watching it because she's older. And my parents were worried that I'd be scared, but they didn't realize I had started watching. And so then they came in to like the living room or wherever we were and it was the scene where Jeff Goldblum is about to be eaten while he's going to the bathroom and it's like this huge you know it's like raining and there was a dinosaur and apparently young child Tiffany was sitting there and just laughing like I thought it was the most hilarious thing and it became this random favorite movie of mine that I always wanted to watch when I was younger. Toilets are funny. And, Wait. And my, my, yeah. No, no she, she, Jeff Goldblum was not on the toilet. But that's uh, all right. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. To, question police added again. Know, there we geez. go. Well, we don't want to give the audience the wrong impression that 
oh, if I see Jurassic Park, I'm going to see Jeff Goldblum on the toilet dying. <laughs> you know, you know, you don't want to hype I'm a movie. Sorry, I think I'll... everybody's seen Jurassic Park, I I, except Tiffany. Wrong, I got the wrong name. <laughs> it kind of blows my mind you didn't see Jurassic Park in the theater. Mm-mm. You had to wait the whole year and a half till it came out on VHS. I mean, I didn't see it in the theater, and I'm two years older. Mm-hmm. My parents wouldn't take me. You guys are crazy. That wasn't my choice. <laughs> Actually, from what I know, I threw a huge fit because my brother went and I wasn't allowed to go. That's it. I'm, I'm writing sorry. a strong letter to your parents. Um, <laughs> I'll I, hand deliver it. I thought of a movie series that was big when we were growing up that I that I don't like. Air Bud. <laughs> that was a series? There's many Air Bud. There was a lot of Air Bud. Well, I guess there's not. Okay, but, there's many Buds. But hold on. Is that like acclaimed by anyone? Does anyone hold that in regard? <laughs> talking well, about no, dra- well, like, the movies not. hold on the movies that we've mentioned so far et <laughs> jurassic park goonies Airbud, mark with the assist of Airbud. <laughs> now did they use the same dog for no all idea of them? I did, I, I, oh you didn't watch them you know what movie i loved i loved who framed roger rabbit <gasps> Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. That's Loved a great movie. that movie growing up. <laughs> now, does that... Well, why'd movie? you say it so aggressively? Well, you know. Yo, obviously that's <laughs> good. Well, obviously movie. Jurassic Park is I good. I yeah. movies that are good. I thought that Air was Bud. one of the <laughs> one of the choices we could choose from here. That is a good one. It's yeah, a classic. It's a, good one. it's a classic. It's perfect. As are some of the episodes we're going to be watching today. Segway, man. Great Sub great classic. Segway. The first segment is called Caitlin's Candle. Love so, the alliteration. Thank you, thank you. I wrote it, and uh, we're get, what we're going to do is we're going to just uh, watch the episode, and we'll be right back. Feel free to watch along with us, or not, because you might be driving, and that's unsafe. That's unsafe, everybody. I was too weak to get up. I thought I would die, but then the fire went out all by itself. And then I saw it. It was the candle that had been stolen from our home the night my father had the stroke. Well, there we have it. Caitlin's candle. Mark, what did, what did we just watch? Uh, Caitlin comes home. Her father has uh, suffered a stroke because there's a burglary. And while he was trying to chase down the burglar, he had a stroke. Caitlin's mom has died, but she, she used to make these kind of arts and crafts things. And she made a candle um, with a lovely inscription that none of us remember. And she left it for Caitlin. I do recall you saying as the inscription was being read, I'm not writing that down. <laughs> yeah. At least Everyone it kind of it it kept yeah. going. Yeah. We thought it was going to be short. A burglar comes up, steals Caitlin's purse. Caitlin, for some reason, feels inclined to chase him, even though you think she would, regardless, because the guy stole her purse. She chases him down into a warehouse, um, into his hideout, and um, there's a candle lit in his hideout that catches fire. The burglar escapes. Caitlin is, you know, unconscious. Uh, it seems like she's going to die. And then all of a sudden the candle in the fire goes out. She realizes that the candle that was in the hideout was the candle that her mom had made for her with the inscription that none of us remember. Uh, you know, so it was the same burglar. <laughs> she goes back to her dad. Her dad goes, oh, wow, well, the candle. He drops it because he's paralyzed. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> Only on the left side. She grabs. Why she would you hand the dad the candle in his <laughs> left like, arm? Oh, but then <laughs> there's a diamond necklace inside, four hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> she gets to go to law enforcement school. I don't know if law enforcement school. No. Big. Okay, so so there's Anyways. a lot going on here. <laughs> I did write down. No, part, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's just one thing. Like it would be enough for the story to be like, this is the candle that mom gave us, like, right? Let alone the fire part, right? Where the wall sets on fire. Did right. you mention that? The inscription said, "This is the first part." When you need to light your way, and then I didn't write the rest down because they had moved on. So mm-hmm. I just said, "When you need to light your way, get robbed." But I know that's <laughs> yeah. not. Were you guys feeling the sexual tension there, or was that just me? Wait, between, <laughs> between the dad and the <laughs> daughter. But, yeah, no, but you kept mentioning it during the... Well, here's the weird the thing segment. about this whole thing. He's in a wheelchair. You could see... And, and they mention that the left side of him is paralyzed, but she still, like, wipes his mouth after eating, and it's like the right side of him is fine. He has abilities in his right He's arm. He's still going to drool, though. I mean, it's still going to, like... But your right hand but can, you can wipe do everything your left with face. Right, your right hand. 
Yeah, but when you got a beautiful girl there, I mean, it's his daughter. Well, you know, I forgot about that that for a minute. She did. (laughs) She's she was too old. I think we can all agree to call him daddy. Yeah, a little creepy, which she continued to do throughout the episode. And You could tell the actress was not 100 percent comfortable, but it was the line. So she was forced to say it. someone was telling her. Yeah, we want you to say daddy. She committed to like 90 percent. Also, there were a lot of coincidences in this episode. If we just like take a very brief like well the show could I, be called coincidence that's true it seems ridiculous that a robber would steal a candle it didn't <laughs> look particularly nice that's a great can we just say first of all that is a great point i didn't even think about it but you're right like that is true mm-hmm. who steals a candle and the stand and by it being true you mean that you locked in your answer it's fact for uh, chris you heard it <laughs> <laughs> no take backs i'm gonna go uh fiction yeah, right. I, I'm right there with you, actually. I'm going to go fiction as well, and I'll tell you why. It just seems like there's one thing after another in this story. Usually, Beyond Belief is known for the old one-two switcheroo, but this is like three-four, here's some more. Five-six <laughs> uh, pickups, and there's, they're not sticks, they're diamond <laughs> necklaces, and they're on the floor. Uh, there's just too much. There's oh too many moments God. in this story. <laughs> that hurt my soul. <laughs> Wait, I did it. you not write the inscription down because you came up with that and you wanted to write oh, no, that down Oh, no, I wrote that first. down. I wrote that okay, down. Okay. Yeah, that was the first thing I wrote down. I, I just feel like there's just too many things one after another. It feels like the writers were like, oh, just add something. I mean, it could go both ways, though. It could be like, you know, we always say, like, there's too many things here, but maybe that's because it was based on a true story. I don't know, but I am going to go fiction. All right. I think I'm going to mirror a lot of your guys' thoughts. The only thing I would say is if you think of the kernel of this story, who who's the person that's recounting it? It's like this girl. The, the kernel. That, and the kernel. <laughs> we all know he's a sneaky bastard. Mark, did you forget that part too? In the, the summary? The kernel. <laughs> did, did I miss something? Yeah. No. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> he could have been, the dad could have been a kernel. Yeah. <laughs> beyond belief. I Colonel Lester. So I'd say the only thing that could give it some merit Mm -hmm. is the fact that I could see this girl, you know, chasing after a robber, which, by the way, is just incredibly unsafe. Like, I I can't really think of any like and I get it. I think that's why they put the law enforcement thing later. It's like, oh, she wants to be peace officer. They should have mentioned that. That's that's actually kind of good writing, though. (laughs) Yeah, right. I could see this is all just her telling the story. There's not a lot of cooperation outside of the fact of her being like her purse being stolen, everything that happened where she found the guy could have, I could see other things happening like a lot more simpler and then them, them like them making it bigger um, for the sake of the show. That being said, I still also am going to say fiction because of the diamond necklace. Like who put, yeah. Who hides a diamond necklace in the base of a candle? Well, and it's like you, if someone's, if a robber is stealing something from your house, like I doubt he thought, Oh, I really need some nice ambiance for my hideaway in this. Like, <laughs> dilapidated building you'd think that if he was stealing shit you probably would have um like broke it like you know tried to see if there's anything in anything like I, I, there's just there's something so silly about this probably lasting for years like years in between yeah he um, must have lit the candle the candle would have been done right so everyone has said fiction so far is that yes. right what do the ghosts think? Well, so as the as the resident ghost expert, <laughs> can't use that every time. I know I can't. Oh, but the mom, I'm not the mom is a ghost. I oh, let me explain the ghost the ghostly aspect of this story. First of all, if we're talking about a mother ghost, meaning like her mother, her, her mother spirit is like you know in some ways starting this fire or maybe creating the illusion of a fire. I think uh, that for a just a standard ghost which this seems to be the case of um they don't have the power to be able to make it appear as though the entire wall has caught fire and then really it was just an illusion for that reason i will also say fiction i think it's fiction wow yeah i'm i'm with you guys that uh did he only steal the candle or were we laughing over the part like I could easily see the candle being taken with a whole bunch of other shit. Really? I could see him running into a house and being like, 
just like shoving giant, stuff like a, into a, like a giant would bag. Would he keep it, or like would he keep it and put it up like in this very <laughs> nice array? Like I feel like he how, would like how long decorate had it been? his. How long had it been since the ride? At least a couple, like at least a year, at least a couple years, because she had taken a year off school. He decorated his. Maybe he doesn't burn candles that much, you know. There is a lot of lot of stuff going on. Three, four. Buckle, whatever the hell you Sticks. said. Um, Out and, the door. Which is kind of crazy, but at the same time, nothing is too fantastical about it all. Like, okay, a candle was stolen, and then I chased a dude down, and he happened to have a candle that was either the same or looked like it. Um, and uh, the fire thing's a little weird, but like one of the things could have flamed up. Maybe the whole thing didn't catch fire. She had just been in a fight, and maybe she kind of misremembered it all a little bit. Maybe one of the candles was very large, and then blew out or whatnot um and then uh they found the necklace and it could have been the same guy i mean they're probably living in the same town there's a homeless guy whatnot going around robbing people i mean there's nothing there's no nothing too supernatural about it all so i could see it being possible but i'm going fiction on this one too <laughs> so we that's unanimous then we all say fiction but does the coin say fiction Shit, the coin needs its own theme song. We should have done it first. Can we find like a sound effect like bling? Well, I think the coin will make that. (laughs) Well, it's not going to be that great. (laughs) No, can't do that. Can't do that anymore. (laughs) True. Oh Oh, no! no. All right, guys. That's segment one. We're now going to segment two. Let's call them stories. Story number two: the flower jury. I have a better idea. Why don't we put together a lineup? Lineup? How do we have a lineup if we don't have any witnesses? The plants were here. The plants? When I was in college, I took a biology class with a professor named Comstock. Now, he had this theory that plants have the same emotions and reactions that we do. Where are you going with this? What just happened? Stay <laughs> <laughs> with a straight face. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, basically, what happened here is there was a flower shop... Uh, where the owner was murdered and the nephew of the owner worked there and didn't see anything, didn't witness anything, but there was a witness, the flowers. The cop that arrived on the scene, out of nowhere really, just suggested, hey, I took a class once in college where the professor said that flowers can witness crimes or something like that. And then they hook the flowers up to an, uh, a polygraph machine. <laughs> I'm not making this well, up. They brought in the professor. <laughs> they brought oh, yeah. in the professor. Yeah, I wrote did. the guy's name down. Was it Cornstalk? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. Pre- Please tell me. I'm pretty sure. Professor Cornstalk. I'm pretty sure it was we'll Professor Cornstalk. From here on out. Um, so Cornstalk comes in with a with a polygraph. It was it was Comstock. Comstock is much nicer. <laughs> Professor Comstock. I don't know we're going to have to believe that. that. <laughs> so Comstock comes in and uh, he hooks up the plants, like one of the one of the plants. How did he know that plant was the witness? Could have been any of the plants. Literally hooks up one of the plants to a polygraph machine, interviews all these suspects, and then the nephew comes and goes, hey, did you guys find a killer of my uncle? And the polygraph for the first time starts going off the charts. And that's when the police lie and entrap the, the suspect, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know if you can even do that legally and say, we have a witness. They bullied him into confessing, uh, much like Brendan Dassey from Making a Murderer. Definitely a, a, a corrupt police department. Uh, corrupt the police? I can't even talk. What? <laughs> kind of felt like they made up the polygraph thing to me. Also, the, the whole... The whole story was set up with an elaborate wonder that they quickly, after like the first it was, what, minute or two, I would have to say watching the op- it. watching the opening of this episode was on par with Children of Men. Well, well, explain explain to the audience what a wonder is. That's true. Uh, so the camera comes in doesn't. There's no editing at first. It just comes in and it's shooting. So I'd say the first like forty five. 60 seconds maybe a little bit more was just one shot which is pretty impressive for television in general especially a show like this that is not really trying to be stylistic necessarily so that was it definitely jumped out to me also there was a lot of talking in this episode you just saw a lot of talking because it was about plants that you know to solve crimes right so it's not 
less voiceover. There's really very little to actually sh- like. I could. Well, I'll save that for my thoughts. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the general vibe of the episode was you know pretty on par it's one of those stories there i I do feel like freaks was on you know shields up pun alert something was said about uh in this story there's going to be a familiar fragrance the scent of murder that was said yep and then and then a blossom of truth or lie a bouquet of truth a a bouquet of truth beautiful yeah a blossom of lie all right, Kyle, what, what do you think about this? Is this true? Is this false? Or is it somewhere in between? I could totally see there being a court case because there are how many court cases every single day? I could see there being eight. a case. Yeah, eight. That's it. I could see there being some sort of defense with involving plants or not defense or, or uh, the other side of it. Um so, uh, yeah, because I don't know. There's a whole they got to get the story. There's a whole bunch of people involved. There's the whole police department. There's everything. I'm going fact on this one. I'm going fact. I think I'm going to agree. I feel like uh, obviously this show was made in the 90s, but they they I did read that there was a study recently that I don't have in front of me, but uh, they were saying how plants can feel pain. And if that's true, I guess even in the 90s, uh, there's a chance. And who knows when the story actually happened. But, I mean, theoretically, do I think that they could hook a lie detector up to a plant and determine that? I don't know. But (laughs) I I think I'm going to have to go with fact just because I'll trust the technology. This is going to be one of those that if it ends up being fact, while I understand the kernel of it potentially being fact, I'm going to be incredibly upset because <laughs> I thought this was the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it was the the plants being tied up to a lie detector or hooked up to a lie detector test or them bringing a, a caravan of sketchy looking individuals and having it appro- having all of these, these men approach the plant. <laughs> there was just something so silly about it. <laughs> And I mean, again, this Not obviously this comes, show. This, it, it comes down to you know what what we all know and love about this show. But you know, all of a sudden the the cousin, the, the nephew shows up, being like, "Hey guys, you find any suspects in the murder?" So, and, and I agree. I feel like because this is like this sort of like i'm gonna call it pseudoscience i i don't mean any disrespect i am just not a believer um I, i'm I, a botanist i take great offense <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i'm sure that there's I'm probably a vegetarian some... i take great offense okay, to that no, as well um no one's asking vegetarians how they feel right now i own one plant <laughs> wow so. um kyle's I, actually a petunia so he <laughs> takes offense. <laughs> i feel like i could see the kernel of the truth of this story very very easily but just to stay true to my sense of self i'm gonna go fiction big mistake to trust yourself (laughs) (laughs) so what actually happened here i find it a little odd that you know not only did they this is another one of those stories that feels a little like weird on top of weird to me because not only did they have this really off the wall kind of way to capture the criminal but like of all the cops to show up to a murder that occurs at a flower shop. It's the one guy that took a class 10 years ago about flowers being able to predict things like that strikes me as beyond belief. (laughs) One might say, one might say coincidence here. Here's what I can see happening. I can see the cops showing up. I can see them suspecting the nephew and not being able to prove it. I can see them rigging up this elaborate situation where they try to make the nephew feel like there's some nonsense pseudoscientific explanation. Yeah, you know, I took a class. Uh, plants can uh, <laughs> see things, and they're hooking up to a polygraph, and I can see the techni- the polygraph technician like faking it, like some sort of coercive <laughs> police technique. I can literally see this all happening in some weird kind of small town. He's just moving it with his hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, look at this thing. Absolutely. <laughs> this thing's going crazy. Yeah. So for that, I'm going to say true. I think the cops fake it to try to catch someone they knew was guilty. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 
I remember when I was in seventh grade and I had one teacher who would always bring up this study about plants being able to feel pain and plants being subjugated to different like emotions, like people yelling and the vibra and like when I don't know what they hooked them up to, but different vibrations that would come up. It does seem like the writers could, you know, when they're tossing around weird things, they could be like, oh, yeah, they're, you know, plants can feel stuff. We can make up this kind of like funny murder in a flower shop. It's also such it's just such a nutty thing to make up. I'm I'm going to go with my gut on this, as I usually do, and go fact. Can I also just say, it's highly illegal to handcuff a possible suspect just because a flower told you that they did it. Yeah, I'm but, just, I just want to throw that out there yeah, but it for was all chief. of our listeners. It was chief, I like how they so. were kind of skeptical. <laughs> And then they're like, all right, let's give it a shot. As soon as it goes crazy to like, oh, is that thing working? Or, oh, is that hooked up to anyone else right now? (laughs) It's like, oh. Uh, Can we not drop that on the table anymore? Coin sound effects are hard to find. All right, what is it? I bet it sounds really good on the recording. Fiction. Oh, and the coins. Fiction. Fiction. Coin so wait a second. Can you, Kyle? You would you would recognize one of the actors from Battlestar Galactica? Battlestar Galactica was uh, Chief, I think. Uh, Aaron Douglas. Aaron Douglas. His, um, I don't know if this was his first thing ever, but um. we like to point out when we recognize actors because you know this show. You know Matthew McConaughey. True story. Matthew McConaughey got his start on unsolved mysteries reenactments, and so it, I always think it's huh. funny when we can recognize like there's there's definitely some notable people uh, along this series this was not his first thing he was in like things like dark angel i don't think beyond belief was a springboard for anybody's career <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know i'm, I'm not sure that's i think we would know by now oh. well i mean i do know the matthew mcconaughey story it's got to be the exception right like if we oh it, we're, we're like but there's like I'm mike gosling is in are you for the dark you know, he started. Fantastic. He was, yeah. He oh, was I didn't regular know. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, you yeah. the one where. I know Elijah, Elijah Cuthbert is Are You Afraid of the Dark? She was one of the storytellers. Oh. She's uh, the girl next door. Anyone? What if I wanted <laughs> to change my answer? Is that not possible? No, it's not. Okay. You've locked it in. Uh oh. Um, but you know what? You could vote in. false on the next story, which is called The Mentor. Leonard! <laughs> <laughs> to Philip's shock, his brother Leonard was dead. An autopsy was performed, but no absolute cause of death was found. Some suspected it was his heart, but Leonard Kirby was in perfect health and only 23 years old. So we are in the year 1925, and Houdini is all the rage, and a a brother team of escape artists called the Kirby Brothers are, um, you know rivaling him but not as popular and then this guy frederick sees them and wants to try and make them into just as big if not bigger than houdini starts working with them becomes their mentor working in the episode title there's also a random curse that uh, was put on them by a gypsy from them supposedly stealing her i'm sorry i'm just assuming the gypsy was a a female um stealing her secrets the gypso is a male I don't know. Um, and this very specific curse says that they, one of the brothers will die while um, performing an escape trick. So you'd think that maybe they would not perform escape. Yeah. Trick. I mean, maybe you believe in curses. Maybe you yeah. don't, but okay, like okay. just put the just escapes a, I'm aside. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. It was just a very specific um, curse. But they are escape artists. Yeah. But you also think that's like a job, you know, like learn a card trick. Yeah, Houdini's not doing card tricks. I mean, he's doing, <laughs> some people are yeah, double-jointed and so, things. He's got know? the escape market cornered. And so then they decide they have to outdo Houdini. So one of the brothers is going to be put in a big block of ice. And then the other brother's like, don't worry. If anything goes wrong, I'll be able to get him out, which seems actually very difficult to tell if something's going wrong if someone is frozen in a block of ice. So we get to the the trick and everything starts out well. One of the guys actually is like a, a gymnast, which was a fun surprise as we <laughs> open up the trick with a, a, a backflip. So they're I, just there. I've seen fit. David Copperfield. Very I have fit. never seen him do a backflip. <laughs> so um, he's not an escape artist. 22 hours into he's the trick. He's a magician. Trick. Oh, sorry. Well, <laughs> you know, he's the, uh, I think there's some stat that he, more people have seen David Copperfield perform than any other artists of any genre including houdini yeah i've seen david copperfield like more than musicians more than anything else factor fiction let me look that up (laughs) stick around for after the episode (laughs) um 22 hours into the trick he is still in a block of ice and then he starts uh whispering help me which the other brother hears so they break him out 
and he then is, you know, so excited because he feels like he beat the curse. And then we find out that the brother who broke him out, who was not in the block of ice, actually suddenly died. And supposedly in good health at age 23, though this is also 1925. So I just want to point out that how would Life expectancy was 24. <laughs> how, so he actually... They, I mean, what medical <laughs> systems do they have? Uh, I, I, I'll wait. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, a big whopping fact on this one. <laughs> It's just possible. Like everything about the story is possible. It's just the guy's swinging a sledgehammer. Maybe he had a heart condition. I mean, he's trying to save his brother's life. He's swinging the sledgehammer to break him out of the ice as hard as possible. Absolutely. This guy could have had some medical condition, underlying medical condition, and just died right there. You know, curse or no curse. And if the curse was real, you know, there you go. You're going to curse someone. You're not going to curse the obvious person. You're going to curse it in such a way that the person you least expect is going to die. That way you, you know, the other brother is going to be tortured the rest of his life thinking, you know, I should have, I should have been the one on the outside of the ice. You thought you were taking the gamble being on the inside. Well, no, your brother's dead now. Fact. She probably also cursed the brother that was the asshole. Um, because <laughs> the one that was in the block of the ice, block of ice seemed like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is something we could look up and actually find out that it is fact and uh, do the research on. Like, I'm sure we could Google Kirby Brothers and it would pop up, and there'd be tons of information about how one of them died during a, a stunt or whatnot. And they would I, never have been able to do this story with the Houdini because I think it's too commonly known how he died in the circumstances. Well, I believe the circumstances of his death are disputed. Mm. Yes. Um, fact. Going fact. Yeah. On this one. Um, absolutely. And uh, just so you know, David Copperfield has so far sold 33 million tickets and grossed over $4 billion, which is more than any other solo entertainer in history. Solo thank entertainer. Thank you, David Copperfield, okay. for that sponsorship. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Definitely going fact on this one. It does seem like something that could happen. Uh, these historical pieces usually tend to go more fact. And also, it's just not nothing. If you were making a story up like this, um, you could do, you could write so much more interesting things in this world. Like this is a pretty, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty simple. There wasn't one talking plant. <laughs> there wasn't a talking plant. That I, I was disappointed. Didn't talk. Um, the you know, I don't know. It, <laughs> mentor could have been involved and could have been shady. There was no like, there was like a, there was a nice little twist, but that was really it. Um, and it, it, you think they would, they, they would have added more stuff if it, if it was a, false and it just it does seem it does seem like i've heard of the kirby brothers i don't know so i'm gonna go with fact i will also go with fact and can i just say i really enjoy the time period based stories on uh beyond belief mostly just because you can tell that the budget kind of went all for that one they do a lot of period pieces on this show which is kind of interesting it really is and like i mean you, you you look at it and just, I don't know. I just, I always enjoy them, but I do think that they do tend to, especially when they're ringing actual historical figures in this very kind of specific world, I feel like it's probably um, true and something really easily looked up. Um, also, I feel like the curse was such like a back burner story in this, while normally in Beyond Belief, I mean, that's like in the forefront. And so because it was kind of just in the background and they're like, and there was a curse that they'll die if they, <laughs> in an escape trick, it was kind of like, okay, it was like this one like urban legend about these historical escape artists. Like everything just kind of screams fact to me. Oh, this one's Uh-oh. tough. I kind of, I, I, did everyone choose fact so far? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm kind of leaning towards fact too. Uh, First but of, I can't listen to you, loses. <laughs> first of all, I, I mean, I think it was a missed opportunity that they didn't do the story in black and white if it's 1925. That's something I noted. Also, Houdini's doing these elaborate escapes, and then they decide to do a, like, we'll put one of us in a block of ice, which isn't really a magic trick so much as, like, a cautionary tale against David Blaine-style magic. You know what I mean? Like, the da- just I dangerous... I don't think for- they knew David Blaine was. No, I know, but I wonder if that was, like, his inspiration, I guess, for this, if this is real. Um, but I love how the guy's caught in the, in the block of ice and then the other one, you know, yells, it, it's the curse yeah, after he starts saying, like, help me, help me. It's like, it's the curse. No, it's that he's, who cares? He's in get a block of hammer. ice. 
<laughs> like, so I guess it all comes down to curses. And I, I mean, that's kind of the paranormal thing about this story, which I guess, I don't know. I, I don't know if curses are real or not. I don't particularly believe. You're not the curse expert? No, I mean, I kind of believe them because it's scary if it's real. So I just like to tend to side towards that. So I will say, I, I feel like people can maybe if they think negatively about someone else enough, uh, then perhaps there's something there. So I'm going to say this one's true as well. I hope that's not yeah, true. Please do not. I mean, think I've been thinking, I've been thinking negatively about people and they're all doing fine. So that's clearly not working. <laughs> Why are you looking at all of us right now? Just, I'm just looking at you. David. <laughs> He's recording it all. Oh. <laughs> Fiction. Oh my gosh. We're going to look like fools when, uh, we Google it and it does not show up. <laughs> And when the coin wins. There you go. Well, let's hope that this next story is a lot easier to, uh, you know, get right back on and ride because it is the old bike. Is it? Hello, Mr. Bourne? Yes. We've never met. I'm Martin Schiller's son, Stefan. You just missed your father. He left moments ago. That's impossible. My father passed away in his sleep last night. It was actually not the old bike, but it was the music teacher. Yes, the music teacher. It's about a guy. His name is Nathaniel. He's a piano player, but he kind of lost his creative edge. I guess he had some kind of like writer's block for piano players. And one of his, I guess, I guess it's another mentor story in a way. This guy, his, uh, an old man named Martin comes to his house um, to teach him or, you know, uh, it wasn't Martin... His first piano. His teacher. first piano teacher. He comes over uh, after years of not seeing him, right? Mm-hmm. And he uh, he sits down with him, and he kind of like helps him over time uh, get his groove back. And then Martin says goodbye, and then uh, the doorbell rings, and Nathaniel answers or gets it, and uh, it's Martin's son who is telling him that it's that old. You know, he's been dead for in this case, 24 hours story. And, uh, and then it's like, Oh, well, did this guy actually live or, or not? Chocolate. Oh yeah. The magical chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the guy put a piece of chocolate on the piano. I'm not sure what that has to do with the story though. Maybe. Well, it's, 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 it's in a way it's supposed to be proof of what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I see. That is the evidence that Martin visited him. Because he left the same piece of chocolate. Got it. Okay. All right. This story was bullshit. This is so <laughs> false. Like, oh, this piece of crap right here. So what do we, uh, come on. We had this guy who supposedly, I mean, he was rambling off like a psychopath at the beginning, all his accomplishments and everything. <laughs> I've played Harnegy Hall. I've played with millions of people, blah, 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 blah. And then he loses his mojo. And then he gets it back because a dead ghost dude of his former mentor comes and helps him. And then... Uh, and then his son comes into wh- wh- what's going on here? Is this guy like all of a sudden he mess he can't play anymore? And then all of a sudden he does play, and the news is like, "Oh, how did you get your? How did you come to perform again?" He's like, "Oh, this ghost came and this <laughs> chocolate popped up in my hand, and that would be like a big story. That would be in fucking Rolling Stone and all that shit. You know, come on, bullshit. I call bullshit." There's there's too much fake crap going on here. All right. Okay, he's going false. Mark, what do you think? Uh, also false. There's <laughs> hey man, I'm with you. <laughs> there's uh, uh, it's just there's I don't know. I feel like the whole like he's been dead this whole time thing. Um, it just seems very writerly, especially in this case with the chocolate and everything and these little I don't know. Uh, Can we details. keep a tally? For every story that ends with the he's been dead the whole time, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. we have to do that. And because a lot of I, times they're true. Yeah, but I feel like that is just such a trope of these types of stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know, um, and that kind of makes me want to go like, yeah, it's it's false even more. Um, but yeah, false. I am conflicted Fiction. because I. This is right up your alley. This is ghost time, but I mean, yeah. But the problem is, uh, just because it theoretically could happen uh in terms of the ghostly world it doesn't mean it did right uh, for some reason you know because this one is kind of a coin flip for me because theoretically i think it could possibly be true but i, I i'm just gonna say i'm gonna say false i'm just gonna say fiction i don't know like to me this 
this boils down to the old, he could have made it up. A case of the could have made him ups. Um, I don't like stories that feature one kind of main corroborating witness. This guy was at the house. He lost his creativity. He regained it after a night. And how much cooler would it be? Did the wife see Helena see, Absolutely see the old man? No, not no. once. Okay. No. So that's the problem. But you have the son too. <laughs> yeah, but. What did the son do? The son came to the house and then saw the he, he would report. The guy said he saw my dad. Yeah, what but he? then but that's then, a pretty big. But then, like, did you see your dad? He's like, no, and it's like, well, you could have made it all up. I just don't like stories where it's just like one guy okay. and he could have made it all up, which actually leads me to feel like it could be based on a true story. Like, if this was based on a true story. How could it not be? It, it's so possibly true because it's just one guy who said something. The chocolate is nonsense. You could have got that chocolate at Walgreens. <laughs> Thank you, Walgreens, for your sponsorship. I'm going true. I'm going true on this one. And I don't like it, but mm. that's what I feel. I am actually of the ma- same mindset a little bit as Jesse, only because... It's like, I feel like so much of the parts that feel writerly are the writers embellishing this very simple, like thin story of this. Cause I could see a guy in an interview or something, you know, and I'm guessing again, a smaller interview. I don't believe that this guy really was this world renowned, like piano player, pianist. Um, just saying that, you know, he, he lost his creative edge and then he was visited or he, he felt the spirit of his old, te- like his first teacher. No, I, but this is how it goes. No, no, I'm, I'm feeling you. You said that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, shit, that's so felt true. the fear of his old teacher. Um, you know, and the chocolate thing is almost like, I didn't even see it as like, you know, you're, he's not going to the police saying, oh, there's chocolate here. You know, like it's literally <laughs> like this little thing where it's like, oh, like, thanks, buddy. You know, like a little like nod to the, he sees the chocolate sort uh, yeah. of thing. And I also feel like the timing could be easily changed. Like them saying, oh, and then he missed the appointment because he died last night. I mean, that could really be they could have easily changed that where it's like, oh no, he's, you know, he, he, he passed away like a week ago. He passed away a year ago. Like, you know, I, I think that him, the way of him inviting his teacher over, I think that's the part where I'm like, well, if that was fudged, like that's how all of this could so easily be true. And I think most of the ones that have one narrative the whole time to any of the supernatural aspects of the story are the ones that are normally true. Cause it's one guy just saying, oh, this happened. Hmm. So, while do I think it's actually true? Of course not. <laughs> do I think chocolate is magical? Of course. <laughs> but I am going to say true. All right. And the coin is going to make its decision now. False. <laughs> well, there we have it. One more story to go. And ladies and gentlemen, the old bike. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's your dad's bike, all right. I can't believe you found this thing way out here. How come he never, uh, well, he never told us about you? Your dad and I started this construction company when we were both in our early 20s. Then we had this bad falling out. We just lost touch. Well, it turns out that was actually the old bike. (laughs) (laughs) We found the missing segment. Watched him a little out of order because the YouTube clip that we found was a little awry. Uh, Kyle, what's going on here? So uh, Kenny and Nick are uh, brothers. Kenny just got out of six months in jail. They're at a store. They come across his old bike. They get it. Then one of them uh, likes to drink a little bit too much. They start fighting as they bump into the bike, or they don't even bump into the bike. The supernatural part happens. The horns go off. The light goes off. Very anticlimactic, but apparently <laughs> that was a ghost or something. Um, and then they like decide to push really hard on the handlebars, and they come off, and there's a note inside from the dad. Uh, or it was the dad's bike. And so they try and get in touch with him, but they actually get in touch with his brother, who they didn't even know. They had an uncle, I guess. And then the uncle comes, and he's like, hey, you want to join our family business? And that's the whole freaking story. <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> that's right. one of the worst episodes of this show I think I've ever seen. <laughs> I have to say, when they pulled the bike handle off, I thought it was going to be a diamond necklace. And I thought it was going to tie into the first story of the night. I don't even know exactly what the supernatural element of the story was. It seems mostly coincidental that this happened. And I don't know if there's some other, you know, uh, uh, 
other elements at play. I am going to say, however, for two reasons. One, the fact that it was somewhat boring. And two, sometimes if you want to talk about the spirit world, sometimes they will direct your attention to something specifically. Uh, in this case, maybe they, maybe some, for some reason, they focused on the the light and the the handle of this bike, and I I don't know. It seems like a series of coincidences, and 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 I totally find it believable. Is that fact? It, fact. Okay. Yes. I don't know. For some reason, maybe it's just more of a gut reaction. I think fiction, and I think fiction because I don't really even understand what the story is, and. I, the only thing I could, the only thing I could see is there being like, oh, you know, kids find lost bike, reunite with family. So I see that, but for some reason, this just even the writers would have added more. Like the right, like it would have just been like, and a horn goes off, you know, like maybe actually maybe I'm talking myself into saying fact, but I don't know. For some reason, I really think it, it's uh, it, it's just fiction. I. I feel like the writer is just kind of just phoned this one in for some reason. I don't really understand what the fact would be. Um, I thought the whole job setup was just bizarre too. Like that was such a weird story point where he's like, it's been a week and I can't get a job because I was in jail. And Hmm. it was obviously just waiting for you to tie it up as well to like join the family business. Like, I don't know. There I think it was like some of those story points that just kind of did not mesh well with me in terms of it being fact. So I'm going to say fiction. Man, I'm on the fence. Me too. I'm on yeah. I'm on the bike seat. Um, <laughs> the old bike. <laughs> the, the old bike seat. You're on two wheels, yeah. I hmm. I feel like the like Chris said that this it's not supernatural as just as it is much like if you really analyze what happened here, they bought an old bike at a thing, the handle fell off or some note fell out of it. So they go to the address and it's the brother. All right, totally plausible. Mm-hmm. Every ounce of this story could have happened. And for that reason, I'm gonna say true. Oof, man, I am on the two wheels as well. Yeah. Um, I just don't know <laughs> where I'm gonna go with this one. Uh, so I guess I'll just talk it out. So yeah, the they found a bike. It reconnects them to their family that they didn't know they have, and they get to be part of a business. That all sounds possible. I could see that being in some part of a Sunday paper, and you read that, and you're like, oh, that story's so sweet. Oh, that's so great. But why would they add it, like... I just feel like the writers were kind of working overtime. Like, oh, let's let's make some good characters here. Let's <laughs> this guy will be a drunk. Um, he can only have one beer, and then he gets he's a little crazy, and they they'll fight each other. And oh my gosh, oh, I'm gonna go with the coin on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go fact. I'm also gonna go with fact. All right. Um, it seems the at the core of the story it seems very plausible and i think that's probably all that was there and they had to write a whole this one felt like 15 minutes or something but they had to write a whole story around it and they just yeah i think they, i think they elaborated um uh, embellished all the stuff with like you know the, the brother drinking um and and all that other stuff but but it seems like definitely could happen i've heard of stories like that true fact, fact. <laughs> and the coin says Fictionary. Does that tire? Does that guesses three and three? Like no, I was I was wrong on that. Um, <laughs> that was the only one who. Is that did. what you were? That's why I was at looking at you funny. Yeah, Chris, uh, myself, Kyle, and Mark all said true. Tiffany said false. The coin said false. Let's move on to the results, shall we? Gosh, I just wonder what happened with that plant one. We're gonna find <laughs> out. What about the woman whose family and very life were saved by a special candle? If you thought this story was based on a real-life occurrence, you're right. Oh, no! no, no. Was the coin right? I think the coin was right. right. How about the flower that caught a murderer? This one has to be false, right? Wrong. Our research shows a similar incident happened in the New York area in the late 70s. Yes! I'm just so mad. What about the escape artists who couldn't escape their terrible curse? If you thought this one was phony, you're right. What? <gasps> wow. No. I think I'm actually zero for three right now. 
Let's have one more look at the story of the music teacher who returned from beyond to inspire his prize pupil. Did a similar story to this one take place? Perhaps. But this one has been made up. Yes! Man, zero for four. God, we're never actually... Truth and fiction. So apparently the uh, the the audio for the old bike is completely gone. Yeah, apparently. Okay, so the old bike is a segment in this Beyond Belief episode that is just not there. It's not. It's in been the taken show. out of the original show, and it's been taken out. That that reveal has also been taken out. But we saw the segment on a different YouTube link, so it's it exists. I just it doesn't seem like they recorded it for some reason. And that YouTube link didn't have a. Didn't have the reveal. It's its own beyond belief, <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. We'll never know. How about the old bike ride? Ah, the family, family torn apart for years. Have you heard a story like this before? You may have. A similar event happened, happened in New England in the 1990s. Zero for five. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> so glad we're not going to use this one. Believe me, I... Does this count in our total percentage score? Does this one count? No. <laughs> Let's hope but guys, not. think about it. I can only go up from here. <laughs> I can only get to right, the right. false, false, true, true, false. And it was exactly the opposite. I got it. In every segment. Understood. Just so you know. I, I know. The coin got three out of five. And just to remind you, you got zero out of five. No, it's. How it's, many did the coin I'm get? Well aware. Three out of five. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I did. Who got the most this week? Tied at three, except oh. me. I got two. Oh, not as good. Mark, Kyle, and I are taking the lead. Yes, Mm -hmm. go team. So for different reasons, you're taking the lead by believing in plants that are hooked up to lie detectors. Though I mean, that's uh, yeah. I'll be. I'll believe truth. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you all for joining this week. No clapping. Mark wanted a clap in front of the live audience. Last time we said no clapping. (laughs) (laughs) Until next week. This is beyond. Beyond Belief. Oh my goodness, is all I gotta say. Wow. Wow. That was something. Guys. It was a long time ago, <laughs> I have to say. Collectively, this is all so much more energy <laughs> yeah. than the entire... Right here in this, in this 20 seconds. Yeah. You know like, when they say they have the tapes and you're like, oh shit. That yeah, person's it fucked. Usually leads to people this, being fucked. This is our tapes. Yeah, yeah. this is our but tapes. But guys, I got to say, it started off low energy, but as soon as we started talking, we got into it. We did get into a groove. It was a, It was really interesting to see. But like, okay, so let me do a compare and contrast, a self-critique. This is me uh, entering the show nowadays. Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number 40. And this is me back then. Hello and welcome <laughs> to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number 40. And Mark made a comment. He was like, when we were listening to this, Mark was like, why did we take ourselves so seriously? (laughs) It it did sound like an NPR (laughs) something. Very very muted, like... And um, what I what I really found interesting <laughs> was how when the character um, Julia, I believe her name was, she walked into the house. We yeah, um, we had I mean, our smart voices of, on. Yeah, you know, we, we like, talked a lot about like film production. We did. <laughs> like we were and like then the oh, camera pans, yeah. and can swooped around. That must Ima- have been an interesting if director you will, choice. Imagine if you will, listeners, the camera moved <laughs> this way, and uh, it was a wonder. And the lighting was low. You know, it was all very it must have like been the last shot of the day. <laughs> right, um, exactly. No one gives a shit about any of that. And we figured that out eventually. <laughs> but, we, but we did get some really cool um, sort of origin moments for some of the things Absolutely. that we still Ooh. use today. Tiffany yeah, was Tiffany. the person who coined the term Colonel. You were the first mention. First mention. So you said, not only did you say Colonel, you were like, this is, I think, the Colonel of this story, but then later said quote, Colonel of Truth, which was fantastic. You dropped Colonel on the very first story. I I was so proud when I heard that because I I really thought it was you, Jesse, this whole time. For some reason, I thought that you had said it. I think it's because both of us probably say it the most. Yeah, we do. You know, and so like... Followed by Kyle, I think, is like the world Very close third. Well, to be honest, one of us could have said it before we started recording. No, it was me. Give me all the credit. Don't take this away from me. I just got it. Tiffany said it. (laughs) It's like the one it was all Tiffany. Yeah. In history, Absolutely. now because now no matter what my percentages, maybe who really cares about percentages? It's about these little things that <laughs> oh, we'll live get into on. That, and Tiffany. Yeah. I know you're trying to avoid who really what happens. Cares? I, I don't 
you guys don't. It's we'll not about there. that. We'll get there. Another uh, original term that was coined, you know, we refer to Chris is our ghostly expert. We refer to his ghostly rules. Well, Chris, originally, <laughs> they were referred to as the ghostly aspects. <laughs> not Chris as was, catchy. <laughs> Chris is like, you know, I got to go. I got to dive in real quick, guys, to the ghostly aspects. You know, in a way, it's kind of more uh, aspects is kind of more, uh, you know, ethereal anyway. So it's almost... It's almost more fitting. That's right, why we shut it down. Aspect is a little more inclu- wide than rules. You know, so the what ghostly we're is, guidelines. <laughs> oh, that's that's not, actually yeah. the best. <laughs> we should have been using that this whole time. <laughs> Alliteration. You know? It was the ghostly guidelines the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anything else was coined? Did you say ghosts make elaborate plans at any point? Didn't say that. Didn't We, we did dance around the complicated rule. We didn't In, actually oh, yeah. say that, but we yeah. thought it was the opposite. In we're reverse. like, this is too complicated. Oh, it's yeah, probably I, fiction. I, I went there. This story is so elaborate. There's so many things happening in here. It's got to be fiction. Yeah. Um, I also liked how we had a lot of the same, we made a lot of the same points. Yes. Which Mm -hmm. was shocking. Bizarre. It was like, we don't have an original thought in our (laughs) brains. None of us? Yeah. I think I brought up the same topics. Mark brought up a story he's had. I mean, we didn't mention Comstock. (laughs) I think we cut all that. Oh, wait. We did did nine times. Because we haven't grown up or matured. Yeah, we haven't matured in the last 481 days. Well, guys, we did it for the most recent one. We just cut all of it out because we thought it'd be too immature. So now the people can see us as we really are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the whole point of this podcast is to show growth. (laughs) That's really what we Growth in the Comstock. I love okay, so let's let's just briefly recap the stories um and just dive into some notable mentions. I like how we all mentioned Tiffany brought up daddy. Do not uh call me daddy. Like it's it, we all thought it was creepy uh, four hundred days ago. We oh, think yeah. it's creepy today. I uh, felt the I sexual undertones. Yeah. Well you you definitely mentioned more of this sexual tension in the first story between the dad and the daughter. You didn't do it in our recording today, but you definitely were feeling and I, I do remember there was some interesting vibes going well, on. Well, he was uh, he was like, Well, she's beautiful, and I'm like, She's still his daughter. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, Mark, you brought up why would a robber steal a candle, we, we, well, which we mentioned today yeah. as well. I kind of stole that point. A year later, I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, this is my it. thought." <laughs> At least I gave a reasoning. He was walking down the aisle like supermarket sweep. Just hold your hand out and have everything fall. In and your you had a garage. great sound effect for taking <laughs> the items off a shelf. I don't yeah. remember what it was. I think it was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I forget who mentioned this. Maybe it was Chris or Mark, but one of you guys was like, why would you hand a candle to your father when he's had a stroke? That's why he dropped it on the ground. Yeah. Why would you and give it to his left hand? Yeah, it's like not not, not very like not good thinking, but maybe then the mom was like directing her right. to do that. Give it to daddy. Give it to daddy. The candle. Give the candle to daddy. <laughs> or the cum stock. We'll get to the cum stock in a minute. Um, when I flip Comstock or whatever it is I love how by the way getting to the Comstock of it all I thought it was Cornstock that's not a joke like I legitimately <laughs> thought the guy's name was Cornstock it, we kind of breezed by it also when when I flipped the coin we were all over the place in what we termed everything it was like guys I think this one's fact so I'm gonna go true <laughs> or I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go probably not there you go um, I, I like flipping the coin onto the table Oh yeah, that was another good mention. Oh, we yeah. wanted the sound effect, and if we we figured we couldn't use a fake sound effect, and Chris hated it because it hurt his ears. See, this is what I, this is what we do now. Let's flip a coin, and you kind of barely hear it like tinkling through the air, and I slap it on my wrist. And in the original, Chris was not a big fan of this. Not as bad as I remember, actually. I still don't like it. <laughs> Let's try it one more time. <laughs> Wow, that's a loud That quarter. was pretty yeah, bad. Wow, yeah. Uh, story number two, Flower Jury. We've, we've talked about the corn stock of it all. <laughs> um, I mentioned, I like this. I was like, how did he know it was that plant that witnessed the murder? Because they just pulled aside one oh, plant. Yeah, he picked, yeah. No, he could have picked any of them. Any of them. They all experienced the same all right. negative energy. Well, well, well. Yeah. Um, we talk a lot more about the legality of the case in, in, the, <laughs> in the pilot. And then I do mention in the pilot and in the new one, Brendan Dassey. Again, for making a murderer. We all like, repeated yeah. ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> or I copied Mark. One of those two things happened. Or both. Tiffany <laughs> still <laughs> hated it. Yeah. Shocker. Shocker. You know? <laughs> as, a, as a meta commentary on like the f- uh, structure of the show, we used to talk a lot more in detail in quote the predictions phase. And, and in the last few segments, we'll get to like the predictions phase was the whole thing. 
Like we were just like, here's a story summary. All right, Tiffany, what do you think? Fact or fiction? Like we did not do any analysis, which was so crazy to me. Like I don't even remember that. It feels like the way the show is now is how it always has been, but mm-hmm. clearly not the case. Uh, Chris, I love what you said in uh, story number two about, yeah, you know, um, I, I've read a lot about these studies about plants um, having empathy, but I don't have the studies in front of me right now. Um, <laughs> and you just kept moving. This right. is part of the NPR of it all. You were so dead serious. Right. About it was it. the first episode we ever recorded, and I was speaking as though I always carry my research on me <laughs> before I reference it? something. Yeah, his research had the photos. I had a, yeah. looking I came in here with a briefcase and files and folders. <laughs> just in case. Yeah. Just in briefcase. Remember when I think Chris during that day would record like reclining with a cat on his lap. Yeah. yeah. A microphone like hanging out three feet over the table. Very Those, much like a lounge singer. Those were the good old days. <laughs> Mark, you repeated your story about your seventh grade teacher. Damn straight. <laughs> it's, a classic, yeah. it's a classic story. classic Do you story. want to tell us again? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. So I had the seventh grade teacher. <laughs> story number three, the mentor. Uh, we talked about, I mentioned today how they were like gymnastics uh, also mixed in. It was confusing. Tiffany brought up the gymnastics in the original talking about how like, yeah, yeah for some reason they are also uh, gymnasists. Uh, that was crazy. <laughs> and that what she said? She said gymnasts. Well, I'm not exactly sure it's what like the term was. Multiple multiples of gymnasized. You know, I, I don't have my my research with me, but it's a technical term. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get the file and have that out later. <laughs> Kyle brings story number three to a screeching halt <laughs> when um some I forget exactly what the ter- what the thing was. It was about like escape artists versus magicians, and then we referred to David Copperfield and uh, you're like, Kyle I don't goes, see David Copperfield doing backflips. Yeah, David Copperfield's not doing backflips, and you're like. He's not an escape artist. And then people kind of keep chatting and you yeah. And then you're like, he's a magician. <laughs> and then everyone just like pauses and I imagine like as slowly though, as looks though over we, at you. As though we don't care about the distinction. And then I went down a rabbit hole about David Copperfield and how successful his career has been. Which, which I, I feel like came back recently in a recent episode. <laughs> I think when we talked about the, the mass, mass magician, magician you were like, you know, magicians are the highest paid. Like <laughs> I do not like how he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. I was worried about her. <laughs> her. But she came back. I appreciate She that. came right on back. It was back. all mirrors. Yeah, but how long after, you know? She probably we'll didn't know. go anywhere. Ooh. Probably. Maybe the masked magician can help us find out the answer to this. All mirrors. I like um, that Mark in this story, the mentor about the Kirby brothers is fiction. Mark says near the end, yeah, you know, I do think I've heard of the Kirby brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. What yeah, a liar. Followed, by, followed by like or whatever. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. <laughs> to be fair, he didn't have his research in front of him. No, he didn't. He's got to like go get those files. Maybe you were thinking of Kirby from oh, Nintendo. Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, Chris. I believe you mentioned in both the pilot and 481 days later, David Blaine maybe got his inspiration from the block. Did of you ice. say that? Well, Kyle brought up David. Blaine, oh, in the in the new one, and then I jumped on that and said, yeah, actually, speaking of David. We're all talking about David Blaine. (laughs) Easy comparison. Story number four rolls around, and then we realize, oh, shit, this is crazy. So we before Amazon Prime, guys, guys, by the way, you're welcome. We brought it to Amazon Prime. (laughs) Amazon tracked us down, and they were like, we got to get this back on the air. Um, But in the original um, run, we didn't have Amazon Prime. We had YouTube clips of all these episodes and an old, like, like VHS rip copy that I downloaded years ago from the internet. Uh, of these segments and in this segment the bike the old bike story missing completely missing and we and and it just so i'm like story number four the old bike and then it comes back and i'm and i make a kind of technical i'm like oh sorry it was uh actually the piano teacher and then we go to the results of that episode and it's never talked about and so we had to youtube the old bike and find a separate standalone video from like the uk airings yeah, no we, don't know, we don't know what happened there. No idea why they, they lifted it from the reruns. It originally aired on Fox, and they lifted it from the yeah, reruns. And Frakes put his English accent on that one. Do you think this story's fact Wait, or fiction? That story was, <laughs> that's Australian. That story was facts. I wonder if maybe something with the rights. You're probably right about that, oh, actually. Like, there was some legality, like, maybe, like, uh, Robert Traylon's, like, took the story without permission, or I don't oh, know. But then it was there, yeah. you know, Ultimately. on Amazon. So, yeah, maybe whatever they, Maybe the, the, they comp- the uncle's company that those guys joined, like, <laughs> didn't want this story or maybe like he didn't want to know that a criminal was running the company maybe Mm. that or maybe the producers found out that the 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 whole construction company was like part of a whole scam or scheme or something and they didn't they didn't want to feature the show or the episode or story 
segment. Who is to say? <laughs> T- um, Tiffany's like fiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, what's the kernel of truth here? Uh, the There's producers like, what's got the lazy. What's the word I'm thinking of? Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, like popcorn. a popcorn. <laughs> um, uh, Kyle, you have a first mention here of the classic go-to joke. I'm going to go with a coin on this one before we flip the coin. Oh, just like whatever the coin is going to vote, I'll just go with a coin on this. That we usually say that when we're just totally unsure of what's going on. <laughs> so that was good. And then uh, Tiffany brought up that the job, um, the the aspect of like him being out of work and then coming back and like getting it like tied up in a bow. You mentioned that being completely contrived. And I think I brought that up today, mm-hmm. which was really interesting throughout the entire old bike segment. Kyle is just laughing in the background <laughs> for no discernible reason. He's he's like snickering under his breath and then later just like laughs out loud. And I like rewound it. I was like, what what did Chris say? Chris is not making a joke. Hilarious. Um, what are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Story number five, the piano teacher. Um, right off the bat, Kyle opens this. Like, even before I can, we can get to the story summary, Kyle goes, ugh, the story's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like this story. <laughs> Do you still maintain that thought today? Yeah, but I wasn't feeling uh, the, the passionate hatred that I was apparently back then because I went on some rants. You went on some rants. I think we chilled out. I think we were nicer to the show as we went on because we didn't want to be so just full on. The show is <laughs> ridiculous. These stories are terrible. Um, we immediately launched in predictions after a while. Like it was just like, yeah, here, dude, we didn't even talk about the story. No, it was like my here, rants took up the whole six <laughs> minutes or whatever. We're it was. like, yeah, here's the story summary. Okay. First up, Mark, what do you think? Fact or fiction? And it was just like, whoa, I totally don't remember that which is kind of crazy. Um, we mentioned, hey, hey, can we keep a tally of he's been dead the whole time? Because these yep. stories kept coming up. He's been dead the whole time. We did not keep that tally. But we talked about it. We talked about having the tally. We, we didn't <laughs> keep the tally. And then I mentioned that I hate stories with one guy being the source of it. And this is another one of those where the music mentor or, or the uh, the music piano teacher, he could have just made it up yeah he could have just said yeah my piano teacher showed up no one saw it no one knew anything and i still maintain one source stories are bullshit which is why i'm glad this is fiction (laughs) (laughs) and whoa what rapid fire results they were yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of fun Uh, well i remember back when we started (laughs) a number of you did not think the results were of any interest to our listeners is that true? I remember some of you were like, we don't really need to go into who exactly got how many right. Oh, uh, well, we, we went back oh, and with forth the statistics. With, if we yeah. Stick with everybody revealing their statistics. Or, yep. There yeah. was a point, and I think it was like up until a while ago, we just revealed like the winner or like the winner and the loser. Yeah, I remember you mm-hmm. wanted to do that. Let's just say who's who got the most, who got the least, who cares about Yeah, but it else. is interesting. But like, I, we, I wanna people want to follow that journey of like, who's dumb? Yeah. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, as a person with the lowest percentage, I take offense to that. You, you have the lowest percentage recently. You may not have the overall low anymore. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know. I'm, I'm rapidly approaching. <laughs> Obviously, Jesse. Yeah, it's going to be me. Um, and uh, Chris says in the episode, in the pilot episode, he says, uh, "Guys, this is uh, not going to count towards our overall score, is it?" <laughs> And then today we decided <laughs> today we decided we are going to take an average of the original results and the new results. So uh, as a recap, Mark and I got three out of five correct in today's oh, okay. episode in the, yeah. in the redo and oh, in then the redo, in right. the redo. And then you guys got five out of five. But in the original, as we discovered painfully that you guys just listened to right that we now. guys just listened to, um, I got a two out of five in the pilot. Chris and Kyle tied at a three out of five. And then Tiffany, the first zero out of five for the show. So she started wait, with the zero. Who cares I, about statistics? <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Hold on. So, <laughs> what did I get? So you're average. But I, I, so you got a oh, zero yeah. and a hundred. Yeah. So Mar- they basically just cancel each other out. I'm getting back to more or less like, oh, yeah, like two out funny. of five normal. Yeah. And I just got a three. You got a three out of five right. as well. Yeah. Everyone, everyone got a three out of five. But I coined Colonel. So I'm just going to, I'm going to yeah. ride that hey, way hey, for hey. a while. Guys. We also made fun of it and we were like, Colonel Sanders? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there you go. There's the pilot. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening and taking a stroll down uh, our memory lane. And now it'll be a part of your memory lane and that more of a memory avenue and, a, and an intersection of multiple roads of and alleyways. And fiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And cum stocks. Okay. 
Okay, that's just disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've been really against this cum stock thing for a long time. I mean, guys, we're mature podcasters now, so we no. But Mark have to legitimately, like he was feeling really like we're done. We were watching we're the pilot. The- he was like, "It's it's it's cum stock. It's not a big deal. <laughs> like, why is everyone making a big deal of it? Because it's funny, Mark. <laughs> it's funny." Um, well, that was awesome, actually, listening back to this. And it's been such a journey, 481 days later, and more to come. So thanks for listening to the original unaired Beyond Beyond Belief pilot. And until next week, this is Beyond Beyond Belief.